power pack. <laughs> this is the mouthpiece podcast. Joining me today. Were you on the last one? I think so. I don't think you were. What was it? I don't think so. But it's no. good to have you back. As always, Jade Pacheco. Sit. <laughs> as as bright and cheerful as I know always. that was from uh I Love You Man. He's like and Robbie and Hank Bardukas and he's like so, that's right, that's right, that's two best friends. <laughs> we also have Atticus here. He's alive and well, um and awake. So he's probably <laughs> pro- on cue. On cue. He's a problem. He has on a better cue. intro than I do. He is a problem. He's got energy for days. I don't even know what the hell he's barking at. Is he barking at your feet? Is he- I don't know. He doesn't have a toy. Yeah, he butt toys. The house is full of toys. They're just scattered over the place. Okay. All right, here we go. Uh, let's get to the fights. Okay. Enough enough from our problems with Atticus. Let's get straight to I the I mean, fights. you were the one that was going to go off. Like, I wasn't going to say anything. I think he's perfect. <laughs> I know you do. And I see his flaws. Okay, here we go. So the biggest fight this weekend, right? Let's get straight to it. Marvin Vittori versus Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland, late replacement on this fight. Wait, the Kevin Holland? The... Kevin Holland is just, back. Are you serious? Kevin Holland, so soon? He got sold. The uh, uh, Till got hurt. Who was supposed to fight on this fight? A major fight that's going to be on ABC. Got hurt, and Kevin Holland got the call back to come back what? in. What? Yes, yes. And this is what I was thinking. Like, it's such an interesting thing because if he wins this fight, he will pass the guy that beat him. In the rankings, because Vittori is ranked higher than Derek Brunson. On the real, I feel like that's a very strategic uh, marketing move, though. By the UFC? Yeah. Like, because they okay, want him to get a he, chance? Okay, but, like, if he beats him, he moves up. So it's, like, it's like crazy. You know yeah, it's mean? insane. And the you know what would like happen? Real. He'll have to fight Derek Brunson in a rematch. That's exactly what happened. So it's almost like Derek Brunson's in a good spot here. I know Derek Brunson wants a title shot. It's not going to happen yet. He's had to go in. But why not have to fight a number one title, a number one contender match against a guy you already beat and get paid pretty good for it, right, against Kevin Holland. So Kevin Holland versus Marvin Vittori. Uh, like I said, Kevin Holland late replacement. And the thing with Kevin Holland is we've seen him get broken, right? We've seen him have a mental breakdown in the ring due to a man taking him down over and over again, and he had no answers for it. And what's Marvin Vittori going to do? Marvin Vittori is going to take it down because that's what he likes to do. Now, I'm not saying that he's like a dominant, uh, you know, takedown that no one can stop. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying he's a pretty sturdy fighter, right? He's pretty, like, he's getting better in the stand-up. He's actually training boxing with his trainers, Julian, who I used to train at, with at Wildcard Boxing Gym, really? which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Well, hold on. I have his stats pulled up right here. Okay. So. For who? Marvin Vittori. Okay. Let's give him Marvin so, Vittori's stats. He, the stats are a little out of order today. Sorry. Had to work. We're on the fly. We're on the fly. <laughs> so he's 27. He's from Italy. His nickname is the Italian Dream. He is six feet tall. He weighs 186 pounds. Division is middleweight, middleweight and welterweight. Uh, reach is 74. He's fighting out of Italy, obviously. All right. What you all care about. Uh, wins, 16. Wins by knockout, 2. Losses, 4. I think that's it. That's all I got. Okay. I like that you brought up the wins by knockout because I do think Marvin Vittori has very questionable power. I don't think he has any power, I'll be honest with you. I don't think he has a lot of power. I don't think he has a lot of pop. So if he's standing with Kevin Holland, right, and if you stand with Kevin Holland, Kevin Holland will hit you. He's 
he's got a natural ability in the stand-up. He's in Taekwondo. He's fast. He's precise with his shots. The only thing is Kevin Holland is not going to land multiple shots. He's more of a one big shot, and he kind of falls off balance when he lands it. So he usually can land one big shot and hurt you, right? Kevin Holland's that kind of power. He's got that. He's real. You know, when the guys are long, like Kevin Holland are, the, the shots come at you like a whip, right? You think of big muscles, you think a powerful guy. And really, it's a, a, a skinny, long guy that can generate a lot of power. And that's what Kevin Holland is. So I think Vittori, if he stands with Kevin Holland, the night could be over very quick for him. But I think that he saw the blueprint that Brunson brought out and that Kevin Holland showed was that you could take him down. You just take down Kevin Holland and keep him down and let him defeat himself because he has but self-doubt. Kevin Holland also has the background, right? He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He's a black belt in... Taekwondo. Yes. Um, yes, he does. But... No, Kung Fu. Kung Fu. But even saying that, right, he has that background. we just seen it work, though. We've seen that formula just work against him. And he got broken by getting taken down and being held down. And Vittori likes to do that. This is like fits right in Vittori, what Vittori likes of, uh, the direction of the fight to go. What I see Vittori is that he likes to get a takedown. He looks for it. He, he looks like he has a pretty decent guillotine. He seems like he looks for it. Um... He has a power in his left hand. He'll double it. Uh, he's a southpaw, which is going to make it a little bit awkward for Kevin Holland uh, also, too, because Kevin Holland's orthodox. But Kevin he's only Ho- a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. Who, Vittori? Yeah. Yeah, but he's... It's a joke. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, but it's a, tech, it's a great, good thing to bring up. Now, but like I said, some people come from different gyms, and they're a little bit more stubborn with the bounce. But I know Vittori has a decent on-top game. And if he gets you, and he gets risk control, because he loves risk control, and he controls you, I can see Kevin Holland in the exact same place that he was before. Another thing I don't like about this fight is that Kevin Holland really didn't get to face his demons. And what I mean that is he lost, right? He didn't have to sit in it. He didn't have to stew in it. He didn't have to let it change him. He didn't have to really face what it is. Now it's just saying, like, just get back in there. And it's like him saying to himself, right? And I know he could say all the right things. It's really him to say to himself, no, that was a slip up. I, I could do it again. But I really think he needs to face those demons. And I'm talking about his mental game. He needs to face that. And there were some big mistakes. There was some big mistakes of his stand-up where he kind of falls over the place. His feet are not 100% complete control. Like I still said, I'm still hyped on Kevin Holland. I still think – I'm not hyped on him. I'm saying I still see the potential in Kevin Holland. My hype on him definitely dropped because the mental aspect is a very important fight of the fight game. And I think that he might be a little mentally weak. And I think Vittori is the kind of guy that will expose your mentally weak because Vittori is not mentally weak. He's actually very mentally strong. Now, Vittori will get hit. Like I'm saying, he comes forward to be very confident in his aggression, though. He's very confident in it. So, th- like I said, this is an interesting fight. Kevin Holland could very well land early on Vittori and put him to sleep and be right back at the top of the contenders, right of the contenders for the middleweight title. But he also could get taken down. And what's more likely and what's what we've seen, right, what Kevin Holland has showed you from him is that he could get taken down, he can get controlled, and I think that Vittori has the ability to do that. Vittori's definitely right now, I would say, a better fighter than Brunson. So I think Vittori gets the takedown he gets the risk control he starts working them and i think that maybe he even i think maybe kevin holland's this time is not going to just lay there and wait i think kevin holland might take some chances on the back this time and it might get him caught in a submission or might get him caught finished but i expect Vittoria to win this fight i could see a decision uh just grinding him out five rounds that similar way brunson did um the counter to that would be that holland Stand up and Victoria's little, you know, doesn't have really any defense. I'll be honest with you. He comes forward, doesn't have any head movements. His head's kind of in the same spot. He has questionable power, you know, Vittori. So if he's trading with Holland, Holland's got the one, the shots that really count coming the other way, and he puts Victoria asleep. And then that makes the whole middleweight division damn interesting again. But Vittoria wins, he's probably pretty close to a title shot. So that's where I would say this fight. Um, 
And it's going to be interesting. And it's it's going to see uh, – we're going to see right now if Kevin Holland can stop this takedown because he couldn't against Brunson. Like, he just really could not. Okay, let's go to the biggest boxing fight of the weekend, and that's Jerron Ennis versus, versus Sergi Lipinets. Uh, Lipinets, actually uh, – I've Lipinets is a, a – a fighter that came from 140. He's actually basically a kickboxer, and um, he's very tough. Uh, you know, one of those guys that, like, you know, I think people, the fans, like, on Twitter and stuff like that, they, they kind of paint him as a guy that I think people are afraid to face, or he's just, you know, just really tough. And I give him that. He's really tough. But I don't think people are afraid to face him. I think that Lipinets is kind of just built up off of a performance against Mikey Garcia, Who's a 140-pounder, and Lipinets a 140-pounder. But now he's at 147, and he's really small for 147. Let's uh, do some... You got stats? Yeah. Pull the stats out. So he is 32 Mm -hmm. from Russia, 5'7". Reach is 64. He's from Kazakhstan. Wait. No, birthplace is Kazakhstan. I'm so confused. He's Russian, though. They're right next to each other. Uh, oh, I, <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know you were a personal map. Uh, alias is Samurai. And let me get a little bit more detailed. Okay. Here we go. So, there's really not too much on him. Uh, stance is orthodox. Wins 16, wins by knockout 12, and losses 1. Okay. So that's a little bit. you want to do Jason Ennis or? Yes. Okay. So we'll pull up Jason Ennis. Why are you pulling Jason Ennis? Is it Lipnitz? Oh, it's not like pull up Jason You want to pull up Jason Ennis or? Yes. Okay. I just don't know how to spell his name. Uh, E-N-N-I-S. Okay. Mm, I don't know. Uh, did I? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Jerron Ennis, not Jason. Wow. I <laughs> uh, looks like an S. I was like, wait, I know this guy's name's not Jason. <laughs> Jerron Ennis. My bad, my bad. Wow. My, my bad, people. Sloppy handwriting. Horrible. See what I have to deal with? <laughs> yeah, Nicknames. Like... <laughs> Eating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nickname Boots. Uh, height, 5'10". Reach is 74. He's from America. He's 23. Oh, he's young. He's 23. Mm-hmm. He's also Orthodox. Total fights, or no, wins is 26. Uh, wins by knockout, 24. And he's, it says loss, zero, no contest. Mm-hmm. No losses. So. Okay. Jerron Ennis, right, is, uh, this is the thing that he could, Break out to a superstar, draw Ennis. He has all those things, right? He has all those abilities. The thing mm-hmm. is, like, when you have the abilities, right, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a superstar. You got to put it all together. John Ennis hasn't truly, to me, put it all together yet, but he has everything, all the things to make it, he has. All the things to make it, he has, but he hasn't put it together yet. What are his pluses? His pluses is he's super huge for the weight. I mean, I don't think people understand how he is a big human being for this weight class. He looks superior, bigger than all the people he's faced to his weight class. 
he's actually super aggressive. And not super aggressive just coming forward. He's super aggressive coming backwards. When he goes backwards, he's putting it on you. When he's going forward, he's putting it on you. He's part one. He's, to me, in this fight, he's more aggressive than Sergey Lipinets. And Lipinets is supposed to be the aggressive one. He's more aggressive. He's the, the aggressive fighter. He puts everything in his shots. Uh, if you come, if he, if he takes a step back, he's going to hit you with the right hook. And then he switches and lets you hit you with the right uppercut. He puts everything in his right hand, right? He's a southpaw. Um, he, he can do all the moves defensively, but he's not disciplined defensively. Now, a lot of the discipline comes when you have to be disciplined, when you respect your opponent. Maybe he didn't respect his opponents before, but he can't be hit. He will be hit in this fight if he has the same discipline that he's had in previous fights. And what I'm talking about discipline is sometimes he stays in there too long. He likes to find the inside. He likes to take a step back and let you and drag you to make you come towards him. But he don't mind. He, he don't want too much distance between you. He a lot of his shots. He puts everything in his shots. He doesn't have a lot of like fillers out there and everything like that. See, that's what I'm saying. There's little flaws to his game. Right, where like the shots are all coming the same speed, they're all uh, putting everything on it. It's a um, he gets hit like those little things, he hasn't tidied up the little things yet. And I know that people are saying, I know what people are saying, and I see it right. I see what they could see, what they see. I see that what the potential he could be, and he could be one of the best in the world. He could, it just hasn't been put all together yet. But versus Lipinets, who is a style where he has he's smaller because he's gonna be considerably smaller than Anis in this fight, he's has to uh, land on the inside. Lipinets is way more of a counter puncher, though, than what what you would think watching him. He's not. He has a hard time getting on the inside. His striking is more works off of when you uh, punch him. When you try to attack him, that's when he starts working. He doesn't really have an offense like going forward. He throws. He keeps his left. He keeps the um his left hand busy, right? But he keeps coming and he comes straight forward. He's forward movement, backwards movement, forward movement, backwards movement. He comes for kickboxing. I think that's where he has a lot of his habits, right? But Ennis is going to, uh, Ennis will, uh, it will gladly come on inside of him. So there's going to be shots exchanged, but I just don't think Sergey Lipnitz is big enough to withhold these shots. And Ennis is really going to put it on him. And I think that there's going to be, uh, points in this fight where he is just putting big, big shot after big shot after big shot on Lipnitz. And I think this is going to be like, a Lippin is a tough guy. I don't expect him to fold, but it's going to be close to where it's going to be a, a corner stoppage where Goose is going to have to say, you know what? This is too much of a beating. I got to protect my guy when he's, uh, you know, uh, for, you know, he's too tough. He's too tough for his own good. And that's, I, I could see that happening in this fight. Um, you know, Lipinets is really a one shot guy. He fought, he loses balance when he comes forward. I tell you, he works, his offense works best is when you come at him. I think Chase Dennis is going to do that. I think there's going to be uh, early fire exchanges in this fight. could be very interesting, but it also could be a complete um, performance for Manis where, where he actually respects the opponent. The opponent is actually in the top 10, and he, he sees what this could be for him, and it could be a complete shutout, and he could look great. But I think he's going to look great no matter what, even if he shows a little bit of weaknesses, even though he shows he could get hit. I think that be careful with Ennis because Ennis could take Terrence Crawford's spot as the next big opponent for Earl Spence real quick. He has that kind of he has he's ready for liftoff. That's what I'm saying. Into superstardom. So we're gonna see if the hype's for real. With the uh, Lipnitz, let's see if he's actually he has no credible wins so at this weight or really at any other weight. So let's see if he can step up and show that he is, you know, a top ten worthy true contender for the belt. Because I've not seen it yet. I, my prediction is Ennis is just too big. He's too aggressive. He can do too much. He's too skilled, and he's just going to land on Lipnitz, who is kind of a straightforward fighter, who is a one-shot-at-a-time type of guy. Now, 
that say Ennis is hittable. They say the counter is Lipneth lands. And Ennis is really hasn't faced anyone, to be fair, either. And the power is effective, and he uh, changes the aspect of the fight or he gets a stoppage from, from the big shots that he will land some if, if Ennis sticks to the style that he's been fighting to this point. Go to the next fight. We are to Joe Smith Jr. versus Maxim Vazlov. Now, I've already done this fight on a podcast, but it got canceled. Um, I, you know, we already did it. We don't need stats on it because go look at the last podcast, the other podcast we did on it. But mm, that's, oh, that's right. That's right. The fight got canceled. But on this one, I have Vasilov winning this fight when I did the podcast, when I did it, when I broke it down before, right? He could just do more things. He's fought at 200 pounds, right? And was competitive. And now he's coming back down to 175 to 173 pounds, right, to fight Joe Smith Jr., who Joe Smith has been limited his whole life. But suddenly he gets, uh, you know, this is what Joe Smith does. He gets a big win, and then he gets schooled by someone. He gets a big win, and then he gets schooled by someone. This is Joe Smith. This is the regular for Joe Smith, right? He's not an extraordinary fighter. He doesn't do anything extraordinary. He's just consistent. He's a consistent worker that hits very hard. I give him that. I'm not taking away anything. I'm not saying he's not a bad fighter. He's just not in the top level fighter. And I don't know if Vasilov is, but I know that he could for sure is at the level of Joe Smith. And if not, I don't think expect him to get blown out in this fight. I expect him to be competitive and I expect Vasilov to win. I expect him to win late. I expect him to survive the early runs of Joe Smith and then start uh putting on his shots because he gets better as the fight goes on he's the kind of guy that starts getting his rhythm he does a lot of adjustments with his upper body it's a lot of things that maybe you can't catch sometimes you know if you're not a high level fighter you may not be seeing the little he, he might be cutting distance off on you without even moving his legs because his upper body is so is uh it's pretty tricky his upper body is pretty good and joe smith like i said is, is a basic fighter he, do, he doesn't really do much he's a plotter he has a hard time chasing fighters um I understand that he has highlight real knockouts and stuff like that, but they're questionable. Like, honestly, Alvarez, I don't know if he was ever elite. He had a win over uh, Kovalev, but who knows what Kovalev he was facing. Uh, he beat Bernard Hawkins when Bernard Hawkins was 50 years old. I'm not exaggerating. Bernard Hawkins was 50 years old when he beat him. That's the literal age he beat Bernard Hawkins when he beat him. Okay, what is it? Prime Bernard Hawkins wasn't even 45 Bernard Hopkins. It was 50-year-old Bernard Hopkins. And he beat Fonfora, who, who knows if that guy was any good. You know what I mean? For for who knows? So I don't understand the hype that ESPN's trying to do. I think they're just trying to build up him for uh, uh, a better BF, and which would be an entertaining fight. They fought, but I I question this matchup. I don't think that's what I don't understand about these tune-ups. Is I don't know why they have to be t- tough opponents. No one knows who Vaslov is, right? I I watch boxing all the time. I didn't know who he was. So why not just give him a tomato can and make, give him a, a devastating and give him a devastating knockout? Was it tomato can? Mm-hmm. Someone you could just hit. Someone that's just there to be hit and is just gonna fold and not really punch back. And they oh, could have gave him a tomato can and he could have knocked him out effectively and he would have made some highlight. You could put it on the ESPN top ten plays. All those things. I don't understand when you do a tune up fight or you do these fights that are supposed to be tune ups, right? Why do you do a credible opponent? It doesn't make sense to me. So when Vasilov beats him, is are you going to sell Vasilov to fight Better BF? I don't, I don't, I don't think you are, right? I don't think you are, but you might not have a choice. So I don't know. I think that was a bad mistake, but I'm gonna pick Vasilov in this fight. The one thing though that just has me concerned is COVID. Vasilov had COVID. 
Oh, is and he the one that's having a hard time recovering? Um, well, I don't know him, but there's, that's what I'm getting to is all these athletes have had a hard time recovering for COVID. And every time they came back, they looked terrible. Look at Pavekin, who just looked like he was completely out of it. When you watched him, he was the one you said he watched the ring. He looked like he was drunk. Remember oh, you said yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So I don't know what COVID, I don't, I think we're going to have to go back and look and see what COVID's doing these athletes, but Vasilov did have COVID. So we're going to see, we are going to see how he reacts in this fight. But I'm picking just on it, not thinking about the COVID part. I'm going to pick Vasilov because he's better. He has more attributes. He can do more things. He control the ring. He has ring generalship and, uh, he fought at 200 pounds and he wasn't bad and he fought good guys, a legit opponent at 200 pounds. And the counter is Joseph's power gets off early and it's too much and Vasilov doesn't want to get in on it. And that happens. And Joe Smith is a is change is has a confidence in his game. And maybe he's gotten better throughout his game. That workman uh, added to just he finally hit a different level and he truly believes that he's a top contender at that weight. I have my doubts. OK, let's get to it. I'm hurting and fake money real bets. <laughs> what am I down to? Five hundred twenty-seven thousand. Now I started at a million. At one point, I got to one point two million, and those were the days. Then I dropped down to four hundred, and then I got back to eight hundred, and then I really went for it last week, and that really hurt me. So now I'm at five twenty-seven. Right. I, I, this week, I don't. I can't take any big swings because it's honestly a pretty damn competitive week all across the board. That UFC card might be one of the most competitive cards you will ever see. That's saying something. I'm not saying it the, has the best fight or anything. I'm just saying that it's hard to pick winners on that card, top to bottom. So I'm going to go, my first bet's going to be Ennis over Lipinette. That's minus 1,000 odds. It's not great. I'm going to bet 300K on that. This is going to break me if I lost this. That's only to win 30K. Why? Because I like free money. You guys know that. But, okay, you like free money, but last week's shows are not getting the free money. No, I am getting the free money. I'm not getting the big bets. The ones where I'm taking my chances, the big swings, right? I'm getting my for sure's. And I think Enos, Enos over Lipnitz is a for sure. I also like Enos by TKO, KO, or stoppage, right? And that that is minus 275, better odds. I'm going to bet 50K on that, and that's going to win 18K. I could walk away with 48K on this fight. Now I'm going to go to Holland versus Vittori. Under... I, the winner, I think Vittori's going to win this fight, but I think it's super hard to pick. I think it's super close. I don't think we really know too. We, we don't know enough about either, right? We have questions about both, in my opinion. But under 4.5 rounds lets me know that people don't really know what to expect of this fight, but they know that if Vittori's favored, he's probably going to win a decision. 4.5 rounds in a UFC fight, I'm going to take that, especially with Kevin Holland's power. And especially the fact that I don't think Kevin Holland's going to lay on his uh, allow to lay on his back. He's going to take chances and might get caught in submission. I'm going to take that for 50k, uh, and that would win me 31k for that one. Then I'm going to go to Julian Marquez over Sam Alvey. Sam Alvey is tougher than he looks. He's very like you know he doesn't have any physical uh, gifts, right? But he's just a tough guy who has a bunch of tricks that work for him. But I'm going to take uh, Julian Marquez because Julian Marquez is just a little bit better of an athlete, uh, a little more explosive, and I think he's just a little bit more technical than able to work, and I think he will, will be able to, uh, you know, get a dominant de- uh, decision in this fight. I'm going to bet 25K, and that's to win 13K on that fight. That's not a, I'm not, I'm not 
like 100% confident in that fight. I like Julian Marquez, but like I'm saying, Sam Alvey is kind of competitive. He's oddly competitive in these fights. It's a very close matchup through that whole card. Connor Ben by decision, plus 160. Connor Ben is not extraordinary at everything at anything. He but he's pretty he's a pretty decent fighter, right? Virgil Ortiz had a hard time stopping um, Samuel Vargas. And Virgil Ortiz, who hits hard and is technically like a master, uh, master offensively, had a hard time stopping Samuel Vargas. Well, then that means Samuel Vargas is going to give Connor Ben uh, a tough fight. But I expect Connor Ben in his hometown to be a little more active, land the cleaner shots, and to win the decision. This one is kind of like upset alert. It's a little scary. I'm going to bet 50K on it, and that's to win 180K plus 160. I got a parlay going. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Ajabe, Anife Ajabe, right? Ennis Boots, Marquez, Connor Ben, 52K plus 87. That's to win 46K. It's a parlay. I need those all to win. Those are all pretty decent favorites. I think Marquez is. Uh, gives me a little bit better odds in that fight because his, his are a little tighter. I need these small. I gotta get small bets. I gotta get back with my bankroll going up. That's <laughs> what I'm doing here. I gotta play smart. I gotta bankroll. And there's not a fight really that besides boots, which I'm taking a really big chance on with 300k. I feel really confident in that one. Um, there wasn't any one where I could take a big swing on. These are all close matchups, and honestly, Vegas knows it, and that's why the odds are where they are. They're they're not allowing you to get. Uh, they know that these are these are tight matchups, and that's what it is this week. And I, we have a lot of fights, and we have, we're going to have lots to react to. And I'm excited. I love where they have like six cards, and I feel disgusting after I've just been laying down eating chips, and my eyes hurt. Yeah. And you're just looking at me like, is it over yet? And I'm putting on the next fight, and I'm like, no, we're going till. 10. I never say anything. No, I know, but you have that look in your I face. I just like, told you to be quiet so I could hear the national anthem. How dare you? How dare you put that in my podcast? <laughs> and I hope whoever heard that, like my friends that hear that, I hope they enjoyed that because that one's for you. That was an inside <laughs> joke for you guys. This has been the Mouthpiece Podcast. <laughs>